Welcome to the Self Love Warrior Podcast. My name's Lisa, and I'm a confidence mentor, neuroscientist, and self love warrior. In this podcast, we bring personal stories, tangible tips, and inspiring interviews to help you build unshakable confidence so you can live a life you're obsessed with. Now, let's get this party started. Welcome back to the Self Love Warrior podcast. I am like internally squealing with excitement for today's episode because today I brought on my friend and one of my mentors, Michelle. And Michelle is a business coach and consultant helping small businesses and online entrepreneurs ditch the roll book and learn how to market their business in a way that is unique to them. And in today's episode, we are chatting about using human design as a tool to build self-trust. If you've never heard of human design, Michelle gives a really great introduction to it. And if you're already familiar with human design, she goes over some of the ways that you can start incorporating it into your lives. I'm so excited to bring her on as the first guest interview, and I can't wait for you all to listen in. So here you go. Michelle, I am so excited to welcome you to the Self Love Warrior podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) I feel like it's like a full circle moment almost for me to have you on here because you are such a big part of me launching my business and launching the podcast. And so you've come so far. I'm so excited. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? Wow. I literally, you just saying that I was like, wow, it's been like, we've been working together for ever both since the both of start of our businesses together it's been huge it really is crazy and like if I think about when I came to you like back in the day when I was a beach body coach versus the person that I am now and like the business and kind of my values and how things have shifted it's like yeah it's it's crazy to think about that I mean you always had it in you it's just like fully out there now you know <laughs> exactly so I'm really excited today to kind of like give an introduction to human design for people who have no idea what human design is. Yeah. (laughs) Give that like spark notes, cliff notes version of what is human design to somebody. Like, how would you explain that to them? Okay. So my elevator pitch is like human design is your own personal energetic blueprint. So it's a combination of a few ancient and some modern sciences um, that is basically like your how-to manual for life. So from the moment that you were conceived, (laughs) the universe basically takes like a snapshot of your energy. And that is your, like I said, how-to manual for how you're designed to respond to the world, live out your purpose, communicate with others. Like it's your how-to manual for living your most aligned and authentic life. Um, Everyone's human design is different, which is, they call it like the science of differentiation, literally showing you how each individual is different from one another. So allowing you to really see your gifts and your strengths. And like I said, your purpose for the world. So really your how-to manual and your energetic blueprint is like the way, way simplified version of like what human design actually is. (laughs) And I feel like for me, as someone who's like super science and strategy focused and like less on the woo, like, yeah of things. Yeah. I feel like human design is this really good, like mesh of the two, like mm-hmm. which is 
with that? Do you feel like it kind of like brings the two worlds together? Like, absolutely. And I think I am very much like you as well. Whereas like, I need to like see something to understand it or like people would just say the like kind of woo things and I'd be like, okay, cool. But like how, but like how, but tell me how I don't get it. And this was definitely, like you said, a good mesh of like really like intuitively learning about yourself, but also kind of like being able to see that blueprint, understand why you are the way you are and how you kind of work sort of thing. So totally good mesh between the two. So if somebody is curious about learning about their human design, like how do they actually get to the basics of what their design is? And maybe you'll share a little bit about like what the basics of the design is in depth version. Totally. So you could do like just a simple Google search, like a human design chart. And, um, there's tons of websites that you can basically plug in your information. You'll need your birthday, your birth time, preferably your exact time, because if it's like a couple minutes off or a minute off, it could shift some things in your chart. So if you have your birth certificate, getting your exact uh, birth time is great. And then the location of your birth and you basically plug that in and you'll see a chart comes up with all these colors, shapes, lines, all of this stuff. It's kind of a little overwhelming at first. The main things that you want to focus on in human design, there are five types, um, generator, manifesting generator, projector, manifester, and reflector. And the type is basically like the generalized version of like what those energy types kind of are, right? So I'm a generator, you're a projector, right? Projector, yes. And that's like a great place to start, like just to learn like the very generalized meaning of like what your type is. And I kind of skipped over this, but when you do your Google search, there'll be uh, like myhumandesign.com is a really popular one. Mybodygraph.com is a popular one. And uh, the other one is like a Jovian archive are like the top three that will probably come up when you search Google and you can just put your information in and it'll all come up there for you. Yeah. And I can link those in the show notes as well. So like you can just yeah. check the show notes and click on it and figure out what their type is. Mm-hmm. I was first introduced to human design through the Goop web. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I had heard people talking about human design and I was like, let me Google this. And I think the first thing that came up was yes. like site or whatever. And I was like- I read oh. that article. <laughs> And I guess like through that, or I don't even remember, maybe, I, maybe it links to my body graph or something. I somehow figured yeah. out my type was, um, figured out I was a projector. And then I feel like what helped kind of me, like dip my toes into the human design world was like the different Instagram pages that mm-hmm. share like about types and kind of like fun ways as like friends characters or like, yeah, quotes or yeah things you can resonate with, you know? Yeah. Like if somebody is like, okay, I'm kind of curious about learning more about my type and what that might mean. Like, what would be the next thing that you would say? Like, is it working with someone like you who like specializes in human design or is it more just like doing research online? Like, it's funny. Cause like the first time that I ever heard about human design, like I looked it up and was totally overwhelmed. I was like, what is this? Like, I think now there are so many people that are studying human design and that are really good at using like human terms to describe what these things actually mean. Because when you read like the actual human design stuff, 
I don't know, for me, I had to read it like a hundred times, like understand one sentence. It's just like, not how we speak today. It's not just like, it's hard. I would do your own research first. And the best thing about human design is like, it's all an experiment. So like take what resonates with you and then leave the rest. Like the thing with human design that I try and tell everyone is like, don't, don't use it as another way to put yourself into a box. Don't hold, don't like Bible, right? Like you, you want to use it as an experiment. You want to, like I said, take, take what resonates, experiment with that yourself. You're not just going to read it. And then your whole life's going to shift. It's definitely going to open your eyes to a lot of different things about yourself and why you act the way that you do. But in order to really like implement it and embody your human design, it's all about experimenting. So, um, I would start with the types. You can read the generalization and then I would go to, um, your strategy and authority. Those are the two things that I would say are like, if you only take those two things away, you'll, you'll see a huge change in, in how you act and how you understand your energy and stuff. And I can obviously go into that more, but I think the type your um, authority, your strategy, and even your not self theme and, um, signature. So I would stick with those things as like your first things to look at on your human design chart. And they'll always be like on the right-hand side, there'll be like a panel that kind of describes what those things right off the bat in any chart that you pull up. So you can see those and then kind of like research those a little bit. Yeah. I think that's really helpful for people who are like, I'm kind of curious about this, but what do I actually, what do I actually look at? Cause like, like when I looked at my first chart I was like what is this and like yep. even though we have like worked together and used human design as a tool for like so long I still like struggle with figuring out what everything is totally but I, I want to go back to one thing that you said that I think is really important about like not using human design as like like a box to put yourself in because I feel like people have a tendency to do that a lot with like horoscopes or Enneagrams are like, oh, I'm an Enneagram three. So like, that's just how I do things. Right. And I think one thing that seems really different to me about human design is like using it more as a tool, kind of like you were saying, yeah. Are there other ways that like, how does like human design differ from Enneagram or horoscope or like any of Meyer Briggs or like anything people seem to like loop them in together, but I think that they're pretty different. Yeah. So I think like, those are all like personality tests, right? So they're, they're, they're your conscious, how you see yourself consciously, how you think that you are, how you would answer questions based on your conditioning or your personal experiences or your environment where your human design is like your soul's blueprint. So like your most aligned and authentic self is human design. So like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll answer like the Enneagram test and I'll be like, sure, this sounds like me, but it's more of like what I wish that I was, but maybe I'm not actually that way. So it's like a little bit skewed. And I think like the reason why those things are so popular and again, total, totally personal opinion is because we all just want to feel like understood and seen. And those things make us go like, holy shit, that's totally me. Oh my God, that's me. Which is like just such a nice feeling to feel like, oh my God, there's other Enneagram sixes out there that feel the way that I do. And, and that's for me, what it's really all about is just like feeling like yourself and feeling seen and understood and that you're not alone. That's like, that's the, the underlying theme, right? So I do think that human design is a little bit more accurate of a way to live by, if you will, than an Enneagram. 
um, sort of thing. But again, Enneagram two, you can take what resonates and kind of like leave the rest. It's just really allowing yourself to experiment with all of those different things and see what feels the best for you. And then kind of leaving the rest and moving on and also allowing yourself to change and grow and shift your perspectives too. Like there's so many things that when I first read in human design, I was like, this isn't me. No way. Like I hate this. Right. Like you're like stubborn about it. And then I would come back and I would read a little bit more about my chart and do a little bit more like self-reflection or growth. And those things would start coming back and actually like making sense. So it's, it's really just like, there's no end goal with learning your human design. It's not going to magically change you into a new person, but it's just really about like more so learning and trusting about who you are and why you're here and how to do things. I think that like your point there about kind of like your experience of looking through your human design information the first time versus like coming back after you learn more is a really good point also, because it's like your interpretation of it also changes. Like, yeah, because as your level of self-awareness grows, you, you expand and see things just in a new way. So rereading those things, like going back to the basics and rereading your chart when you're like months in, in learning it, you can pick up things that you missed in the beginning. So all about that experiment. Totally. Yeah. And I would, I know you like shared a little bit there about your own experience of like investigating your own human design, but like how has human design like played a role in your life? Like kind of like, what's your story with it? Like, why are you so passionate about it? Yeah. So, um, I, like I said, I had come across human design years ago and it just never resonated. I was not in the place to like learn it, read it, didn't understand it. Like it just wasn't the right time, but when I had recently come across it. So it's been a, it's been a couple of years now. I was two years into running my business and, um, I don't know. I just, I felt like I was at a place where I knew that making more money, signing more clients, doing more in my business was not the thing that was leading me to fulfillment because on paper, I had kind of checked all of those boxes and done all the things that the typical online entrepreneur tells you you should be doing. And I was still having feelings of unfulfillment and unhappiness and was like, okay, I've been avoiding this for a while now, but it seems to be like, it's a personal journey I need to go on and not so much like a career business, make a shit ton of money kind of thing, which is like, in all honesty, why I had initially started my business in the first place. That's the cool thing about entrepreneurship. You start for one reason and then it actually is like the biggest self-growth journey you'll ever go on because it exposes all of your shit. <laughs> That's a whole other story for another day. <laughs> but you're like, okay, no comment. <laughs> but yeah, I was just, I felt like I was on this personal journey and um, my friend, Carly, um, signed up for this human design mastermind. I was like, you know what? Like I've heard about this before. Like I'd love to learn more. And we joined this mastermind together. And for, I think it was three months. We went little by little and learned how to read our chart, other people's charts. We learned more about our energy and just started experimenting with it more and more. And when I came out of that, um, mastermind, it was really just a permission slip for me to do the things that I always wanted to do, but was like always having internal battles about, like, it was just a permission slip and like all the things like to allow myself to rest and not to push through 
because growing up, it was like, you don't quit things. Once you start, you finish. Right. And I learned that that's actually against my design that I'm allowed to change my mind. I'm allowed to change course. I'm allowed to go in different directions and do different things, you know? So it's really just this self-awareness about who I actually was and allowed me to like cut down on the constant resistance that I was facing internal resistance. Right. Um, and I just like fell in love with it and just realized like, wow, how cool would the world be if everyone could just even understand the basics of human design and just be able to live a more like, I don't want to say stress free because whatever you could be stressed and know your human design, but like more in flow, um, kind of life. Like we all would just be so much happier and yeah, I don't know. So I just kind of like fell in love with it. And I think it was just the right time, right place kind of thing. I love that. And I think that kind of what you're saying there about like being in flow, part of what your story is, is that so much of the resistance, like the breaks that you were putting on your, were, was you putting it on yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. and releasing that resistance. Like we have enough resistance in the world. There's enough hard things going on in the world. Like, like you said, there's enough stress, even if you know your human design, yep. right? from like external factors and just life as being a human, like, why do we have to put more pressure and like more stress and more resistance on our own self and like using human design as a tool and as a permission slip to like, let you be more of yourself. Like, yeah. And I think like, it was really eye opening to see like the areas of myself that I always felt like weren't good enough or were the, the, like flaws in myself were actually like my perspective shifted on that. And those things actually became what made me unique, what made me special. And like, not in a fluffy way, but like, once I actually learned how to use my energy properly, like I was way more effective. I was happier. I wasn't as burnt out. Like it just was kind of this ripple effect of me understanding myself better. And then things started just kind of falling into place, like in my life, in my, in my work and that sort of thing. So that was really cool too, is because I was looking at all these things, like you have to change there. It's wrong. It's not right. You have to be like X, Y, and Z person or whatever. When really those were the things that if I just embraced those and accepted those, like it actually attracted people to me. They were, they were uh, like the positives in my life and not so much of the flaws. That's yeah. yeah. I I absolutely love that. Yeah. And I think that like one of the things about like your story with human design and like using human design as a tool is the idea of like, I mean, I talk about on the podcast all the time, my obsession with self-awareness and like build how important building your self-awareness is, but like the way you're speaking about it is it isn't just that self-awareness. Like, yes, it's the self-awareness, but then it's the acting upon that new awareness. It's like appreciating yourself for those things that you used to maybe see as a flaw and like using them as your gifts. But like just having the knowledge is the first step. Yep. yep. It's like actually using that knowledge and like, I feel like you you had said the word embody previously, like embodying your design and like embodying that new version of you, that is going to be what actually like fully makes the shift. Yeah. It's just like a level of acceptance instead of always trying to do everything to change yourself. It's this level of acceptance and embracing those parts of yourself, you know, and that's also what releases a lot of the resistance 
<laughs> Cause like, it's exhausting to try and change yourself or be like someone else, but like actually just like starting to really like love, embrace and accept those parts about you or all parts of you. You're just so much happier. Cause you're like, wow, I don't have to like fucking try so hard. I could just like be myself. Sorry. I don't know if we could curse on this podcast, but <laughs> we'll, we'll allow it on this episode. <laughs> good. Good. But there was like, there's one part. So I mentioned earlier, like the authority, um, strategy and authority. So for instance, like I have a sacral authority and your authority is basically your tool for how you make decisions in life. So I, uh, I always used to think that I was like reckless or like whatever, and how I made decisions because I would always just be like, yes, no, yes, no. Like say yes to things, do it like, like crazy. And people were like, you're just like all over the place, you know? And I was conditioned to start thinking that like, that was wrong, that like, I need to take time to make decisions or I need to think through every single detail. And it was actually ended up screwing me in the end because my sacral authority, the way that I make decisions is from my gut. It's a feeling of like, fuck yes, or hell no. And it's very rarely something in between. If I get an in-between kind of feeling, it's because my head's probably gotten in the way somewhere. Right. So I really started to embrace this when it's a yes, it's a yes. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's like off path or, or whatever, something in me says, yes, do it. My soul saying, yes, do it. So I'm going to do it. And I started really like living by that and kind of releasing what the end goal of those yeses are. And just being like, it's going to take me where it needs to take me. I'm just going to keep saying, yes, I'm going to respond, which is my strategy. So even things like that have been just really helpful in my everyday life. Like, I mean, I use this example all the time, but my husband be like, okay, what do you want for dinner? No idea. I have no idea. I have no idea what I want, like whatever. And then he'll say like the first thing and I'll be like, no. And he's like, you just said you didn't know. And I was like, well, then you asked me and now I know. So it's like, as a sacral authority, like yes or no questions really get my gut going. And if you're a generator or have sacral authority, you could feel it as this really like expansive feeling, or it could be like an audible, like, Hmm or, eh, or something like that. And that those are like your initial reactions. It's like your body telling you what the decision actually is before your mind gets in the way. So really experimenting with that and practicing that has been even just fun to, I don't know, test out and kind of accept that like, yeah, maybe it'll be a little kooky and make decisions here and there, but it like works for me. You know, I really love that you got super tangible there with your example, because I think it's people will say all the time, like, Oh, like it's a tool. It's a tool, but like for not just human design, but just things in general. Right. Like, but it's like how, okay, but how, because I feel like you are that way always with the how and showing like, okay, this is an actual example of like how I use, have experimented with using my authority to like, not only release that resistance that I put on myself. I'm like, Oh, I can't, that's too all over the place or whatever. All that self judgment there. Yeah. But also like how you can utilize it in your day-to-day life. Totally. And, and really as the experiment, it is those little moments, those day-to-day things, those little, like, what do you want for dinner? Or do I want to wear 
sweatpants or jeans today kind of thing that like actually prepare you for when you have to make a bigger decision. Like, do I move across the country or do I stay here? Like those sorts of things. So like really experimenting in your day to day prepares you for those bigger kind of life-changing things. You know what it feels like on the inside. Like you know what your reactions are when things are a yes. And it helps you make those bigger decisions, you know? 100%. And like, I should know this. So I'm slightly embarrassed that I'm unclear on this, but I believe that my authority is my throat. Yeah. You're self-projected. Yep. Self-projected projector. So you, it is connected to your throat. No, it's okay. So like you probably, do you like to, you talk things out? You like to talk out your decisions. As soon as I have started talking something out, I have already made the decision. Yes. Yep. But if I haven't started talking about something, I feel like I have no idea what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And like, I were, when I, we were just talking about 29 on 29 and like pre-training and all of that. Yeah. And like, I called my sister and I was like, I'm thinking about doing this thing. And she was like, as soon as you say that you're thinking about it, you have already decided. She's like, you are doing it like this. Yeah. Is- 100%. And that's how I feel about like all my major life decisions. Like it didn't, obviously it, it didn't start with big major life decisions, mm-hmm. but like it started with the little things, but like, I have to speak it out loud to be able to like feel confident and secure in yep. that vision. Totally. There's like something about like projectors that are self-projected, like saying it out loud and hearing themselves say the thing that then the answer like kind of comes to them. Like, uh, other people have, um, an emotional, emotional authority. So these are the people who probably, if you're like out of alignment right now, you can find yourself like either saying yes to things, And then a day or two later being like, why did I say yes to that? Or saying no to things and a day or two later being like, shoot, I kind of want to do it, but now the opportunity is passed. Right. So if you have like emotional authority, you have this emotional wave that you ride and everyone has their own emotional wave, but for emotional authority people, (laughs) it's best to like give yourself that day or two that you need to kind of feel the emotions, to have the ups and downs until you get to that neutral place where you can say like, okay, you feel confident, whatever that decision is, it's not coming from, uh, I'm super excited or I'm bummed. It's more of like, yeah, that sounds like a good thing, you know? So somewhere like in between. Yeah. And like Um, having that awareness then can inform how you respond to things. And also like then being able to communicate that to others, like part of that is being able to communicate like, Hey, thanks for asking me to do X, I, and Z. I just need a couple of days to think it over and I'll get back to you. Like yep. being able to trust yourself enough to like do that and also kind of set that like communication boundary Dude. with other people. Totally. Totally. And I think that if like you take anything from like human design, the biggest thing that I've been able to take away is just more trust in myself. At the end of the day, I know that I know what's best for me. And if you're allowing yourself to spend some time in your own energy, experiment with human design and all of this stuff, like you'll realize that, you know, what's best for you too. There's no one outside of yourself that can tell you what's best for you at the, it always comes back to you, but you have to, you have to like test yourself out, you know, and like get used to what that feels like, because 
we're conditioned to not, you know, we're conditioned to listen to authority or our parents know what's best or whatever that is, you know, our spouse, like this, this, and that, but no, at the end of the day, it comes back to you. So that's like the biggest thing I think I've learned from human design for sure. 100% like mic drop about trusting yourself. Like (laughs) I could, I could go on and on about that, but I think that that's such an important thing. And like, we don't think about like, obviously the examples that you shared of like our parents and authorities and all of that, but just like side note tangent, like all yeah. of diet culture, right. All of diet culture is like saying that somebody knows you better than, you know, yourself, like somebody knows your body better than, you know, your body. Mm-hmm. And it's like every single time we, we give in to other people, we are like shifting our power onto them. Like we are saying that they know us like we give them back our power. And when you can stand and like, trust yourself, you are taking back your, your power from like whatever sources it might be. Yes. But preach. I feel like like it's just like, yeah, that's, and I, I don't know. I could go on and on about, I know. I was just going to say, I, I I will preface that by saying it's definitely not easy. (laughs) Like it's not easy because but also to add, to stay in line, <laughs> I'll try to keep it on track here with human design. What's interesting is I've also started being more in tune with what energy is my own versus what energy I'm taking on from other people. So, I mean, I'm sure we've all experienced like you're having a good day and then all of a sudden there's like a coworker or someone who's in a bad mood. And then all of a sudden you find yourself like cranky and weird. And you're like, oh, I was just like, fine. Two minutes ago, like what kind of happened? Like you could be taking on their energy. And it's helped me kind of like separate that and be like, no, that's not me. Like I'm over here. And in doing that, that's what also has helped me trust myself too. In those scenarios where like, I really feel like, like, this isn't me, like, (laughs) you know, like this isn't me, this isn't how I'm actually feeling. Like, why am I feeling frantic all of a sudden? Like I was just having like a really chill day or something. Um, and those experiences help me come back to this idea of like really trusting my energy and who I am and, and kind of standing in that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I <laughs> love that. Well, Michelle, it has been awesome having you on the podcast. I'm sure that everyone is so excited to like learn more about human design and all of the things. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope you loved that conversation just as much as I loved having it with Michelle. And if you want to reach out to her for a human design reading, you can find her at Michelle Lynn Coaching at Instagram. I'll link that in the show notes for you. And if you love this episode, be sure to share it on IG stories and tag me so that we can keep getting the word out about this podcast. You are capable of incredible things, and I am rooting for you today and every day. Catch you on the next episode.